0: Welcome to the How Justice is Served podcast with attorney Jed Kurzban. If you're practicing attorney or a business person who needs to persuade others when the stakes are high, this is the podcast for you. Whether you stand in the courtroom or the boardroom, Jed will teach you how to persuade people when it really matters. Listen as Jed shares keen insights, life lessons, and memorable stories all delivered with a dose of humor. Here's your host, Jed Kurzban.
1: Well, I'm joined once again by Jed Kurzban. He is the author of How Justice is Served. You can pick up a copy on Amazon. Jed, this week we're going to be talking about the sixth chapter of your book and that's called Get to Know Your Theme and Story. And you open up this chapter talking about the people that are involved in cases. You kind of describe them as players. So what is the best way to do a "Quote unquote deep dive into all the different players in a case. How do you establish a timeline and a story for each person?"
0: So, earlier in my book, I talk about the, the Burke's Pentad. Right, you're trying to find out how we set up the drama, and you need to know who, the actors and who they are. And oftentimes, client will come to me if it's let's say a construction accident I had, where a client got crushed in a crane bed that rotated around him and you could say, well, the guy that drove the crane, it's his fault. He hurt my client, he hurt this iron worker. He should be responsible. And then you work on the case and now you're doing a deep dive through written discovery, through depositions and it turns out that the guy that drove the crane was not vetted. He had no license. He was picked up on that day and the owner was simply trying to save money by putting in unqualified bodies. Okay, so it's his fault. He drove the crane and hurt my client, but is it just his fault? Because I would say the owner that wanted to save some money by getting unqualified non-union workers that didn't know what they were doing certainly had a big part to blame. And it turns out, after doing more discovery and depositions, that he didn't make this hiring himself. He directed his foreman to go find anyone he could. And the foreman, delegated the duty to just a regular worker to say, if you know anyone, bring them over. So no one did any vetting. So now I think they're involved. So there are more actors as in the pent, I would say there are more actors or more players who doing a deep dive in through discovery and depositions that were involved in this case, not just the driver of the cab. So you want to let the jury know. And the truth is some of these guys may or may not have additional insurance which is more that you can recover for your client. You're not going to know that if you don't find out who they are and then do your due diligence on them as well. So that's one of the reasons why you want to do a deep dive to find these actors, these people responsible. Same thing in medical malpractice. A lot of times a, a patient will come in and say, this happened. I want to sue the doctor. I just don't feel well. And you, you do the case, you get into it and you realize, okay, the doctor's bad, but the doctor had his own separate billing company which had a separate private insurance to bill. And because they were billing a maximum rate, they actually didn't bill for what the doctor did. They billed for other items that were never done. All right, so now, doctor, did you do this or not? Because you billed for it. But well, no, I don't remember doing that. Oh, billing company. You're billing for things that wasn't even done? Seems like fraud to me. No, 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 it's not fraud. We're not, we're not fraud. Well, doctor doesn't remember doing it. Now, if I billed for it, the doctor must have done it. And I go to the jury and say, He doesn't know what he did. They don't know what they billed. My guy's hurt. You choose who you want to hold responsible because Mm -hmm. my guy's just hurt. And these guys don't even know what they're paying, charging, billing, doing. They're just showing up before their golf game. Mm -hmm. And it's very hard to defend that.
1: So when you are going through the process of establishing all the different players how do you kind of reframe the case or do you reframe the case as you go as more people are introduced and you're learning a little bit more backstory about not just your client but everyone else involved how do you reframe that case where it benefits your client the the
0: most sure so i'll take a medical malpractice case where you know i i had a case against a a cardiologist that he did he did a poor job and he hurt my client badly and we sued the cardiologist And it turned out after suing the cardiologist that when he went to do the, to do the surgery, when he was, he was on call, he actually was out the whole night before because the hospital sent him before on call because that on call physician never showed up. So now my guy was working 32 hours straight.
1: Hmm.
0: All right. Is that an excuse for why he hurt my client? No, but, what about the hospital i mean how do you have a doctor work 32 hours you you know no one can do a good job 32 hours in a row right i love to talk i can't talk for 32 hours in a row right so now i'm saying to this case that i have this frame of this doctor that failed to do his job because he didn't pay attention now it's i have a facility that set this doctor up to fail and what they set in these parameters of working 30 hours, no no one could pay attention for 30 hours. Guess what the consequence is? A doctor who didn't pay attention and failed. So my frame shifted from this doctor that didn't pay attention to this hospital that set him up to fail. Yeah. And now when I can go to the jury, I say to the jury, this doctor's wrong and there's no doubt he should pay for his mistakes, but this shouldn't happen again. This was unacceptable that a facility would make a doctor work for 30 hours straight. It's just not allowed. It shouldn't be allowed. And Mm -hmm. as a jury, we should stop this from happening ever, ever again. How do we do that? Well, we reward this enormous sum of money to make sure they understand this should never happen again.
1: So that's a reframing of a case. Right, because you're not only pointing out the fact that, okay, yes, the doctor was negligent and, and wasn't doing his best work, but yeah, the hospital did set him up for failure, and if it happened to your client, it was probably going to happen to someone else, um, and so really holding all parties accountable for, for what went wrong. I think that's great. Now, Which again
0: goes with that golden rule, I can't say to a jury, this will happen to you.
1: Right. <laughs>
0: Tell the story correctly, the jury understands, well, I'm next.
1: Yeah, now you, you talk about how um you have a little a trick, so to speak, of getting a regular person's opinion. You say that you'll buy the next round of drinks if everybody hears your story. Dive into how you do that.
0: So when I was a young attorney, I went to a lot of seminars, and which I think are great, and I think every lawyer should attend these seminars. And there's a couple of organizations that I I love, right? Like the, the FJA or the AAJ, the American Associate of Justice or the National Trial Orders. And they give you really good tips, and they'll explain to you how to be a better attorney, and young attorneys should do that. And one of the things I learned early on with these focus groups, where you sort of pay a jury consultant, and they'll gather a group of people together, and you present your case, or a fact of your case, or an issue in your case, and you get feedback on it. And I think they're great and wonderful, and I do them a lot. Before I get to that stage, though, how do I know how I want to really Set up my frame or reframe my case. Are my themes really the best themes? And since juries in Florida, for instance, come from the driver's license poll, anyone with a driver's license is a potential juror, I'll go to a bar and I'll go to, you know, the alehouse and I'll sit at the bar and say, I have uh, a case I'm working on. I'm an attorney. My name's Jed Kurzman. How are you guys? If you guys will sit for 10 minutes, listen to me and tell me what you think, next round's on me. And... It's a very informal focus group and people laugh and they, they, you know, some of them think it's great. Some of them think it's, no, that's not very scientific. Um, And I have young associates that have been with me and sat in the back and they've said, I I can't believe the things we've heard. They're unbelievable. We need to incorporate a lot of these things and they really work. And I do them a lot because I have a national practice. So I've tried cases, like I said, in several States, And do the people in Florida always think the way people in Arizona think Mm. or Hawaii or Georgia on big giant common themes? Yes. On more individualized themes, maybe yes, maybe no. So the best way to do that is if I'm at a deposition, I'll go to that locality, whether it's Phoenix or Atlanta, and I'll take my, do my work, my hearings, my depots, and then I'll go to dinner and go to a bar and say, Hey, I'm from out of town. If I talk to you guys, I'm an attorney. and yeah. you know These drinks are all on me. Just tell me what you think. And
1: and, it sounds like if you're going to Hawaii, you get a, a little bit of a vacation out of it, too. A little bit.
0: <laughs> uh, you would think, right? And in truth, it's very nice. Uh, I'm lucky enough that I've opened an office in Hawaii, and I've been barred in Hawaii because I had several cases in a row. and mm-hmm. It's a long story of what happened, but needless to say, the judge was not happy giving me admission. Into Hawaii, it's called pro hac vice, meaning guest of the state. And each mm-hmm. case, you get permission to, to work in that state. And after several cases, a judge gave me a hard time. And so I took the bar and got licensed and opened up a practice. And yes, it's very nice to go to the bars in Hawaii, although actually in Hawaii, I don't always go to a bar. I've actually just been to Waikiki Beach and <laughs> order drinks on the beach. So that is true. But it's the yeah, same so. premise. <laughs>
1: Well, I think that's a, a very creative way to really make yourself accessible to the public and just say, like, hey, I'm I'm a regular guy, I practice law and I really am passionate about making sure that I'm getting the best information gathering that and then presenting it to a jury in the future. I think that's a creative way of going about it. And all of those creative things that you do are listed out in your book. It's called how justice is served. You can pick up, pick up a copy on Amazon. It's by Jed Kurzban. Thank you so much, Jed, for your time. I appreciate it.
0: Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Thanks for listening to the how justice is served podcast with Jed Kurzban. Learn more or get a copy of Jed's book when you reach out to him at kktplaw.com. That's kktplaw.com.